Let's look back at Tuesday's action in the NBA. We had six games on, and we're going to talk about it all. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I was that guy in that magazine getting up his misses. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is not brought to you by anybody actually, it's brought to you by you. The double banging legend. Go ahead and hit the thumb up. Go ahead and hit the notification bell. Leave your comments here on the old YouTube. Download the audio and listen. Watch the video. Let's just pump that algorithm full of whatever we need to pump it full of. There were six games on that we need to talk about. So we'll get into those um, you know, in a second. It was uh, Tuesday. We've got two more days left before the All-Star break. And you're going to start to see some... Um, you know, I start to see some weird stuff. Well, I'm not say the weird, some you know, extra caution on injuries, um, players extending maybe the absence, some ch- weird sort of changing lineups, just frustrations right across the league that happens at this point in the year. All right, so what's the news? The Sixers are still beat all the way up. No Melton, no Batum, no Harris. Kyle Lowry has signed, but he won't play until after the All-Star break. So it's still nobody there. There's Reed, there's Maxi. There's Heal, there's Ubre, and then you're going to have like KJ Martins and Turk Smith and the Mayor Rookie Council. Um, still going to be those disaster type lineups. We got one a bit out of the blue that popped up. Kawhi has been ruled out. I they say a ductor strain. I hope it's only something t- totally minor and that they are you know, playing some shifties, which again wouldn't be great for the fans in the league, but. If they're pulling a shifty here, sitting him out here, getting him to not play in the All Star game getting that week or 10 days of rest and then coming back fully refreshed, it would be 100% the best thing for them and their title chances. But, you know, you have to be a little bit like, ah, it's a bit annoying. But I get it from a organizational perspective of we want our best player, a little top three MVP candidate at the moment to be healthy for the rest of the season. Might want to ease off on caution there with him out. I guess that means more for Westbrook. It means more for Amir Coffey and for Norman Powell. Powell and Westbrook become streaming guys, but again, you've got 13 games on. You probably don't want to care too much about that. Just a couple of other little things we want to talk about. Craig Porter got converted to a full-time contract. We saw the new that was coming. He's not in the rotation anyway, but I do like him long-term as a dynasty prospect. And the Knicks are filing a protest on the result of that game yesterday because of the foul call that the refs admitted was wrong. At the end, I am very much anti-protest in this situation. I'm not saying that it was a wrong decision or right decision because I'm not, but mistakes get made all the time. And I understand it was the absolute last decision that was made to you know, cause the Knicks to lose that game instead of going into overtime. I understand that. And well, there has can have an impact on standings. I understand that. But there are thousands of decisions that happen in the NBA every single day. And some of them would benefit the Knicks. I guarantee you that. And there have been some that will lead to wins. And it doesn't have to be the, the lead, one that leads to win. doesn't have to be the very final play of a game. I just think going down this path of like, well, someone got the call wrong. Yes, it was wrong. Happens a lot. It was wrong. 
that we don't have to protest these results. There's no chance this gets overturned. And I get that you are chucking your money out there on a protest to make a stand, to tell your players and that you've got their backs and you support all that sort of stuff or whatever. You're making a big show and dance out of it. The protest part of it is pretty ridiculous. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's just not... I know, I know a lot of you are going to disagree. No, they should do this. They need to get... The, it's, it's just what happens in sport, man. Unless you want every single decision to be overanalyzed at every single point, more replay, the ability to... Pro, like it's just, where, where does it end? Like Sometimes there's human error and that happens. I also put this out on Twitter today. And I thought it might be interesting to sidebar, considering we had such a busy slate yesterday, busy one tomorrow. And of course, yeah, had all my nonsense going on with the... Uh, with the uh, recordings of mics and no sidebars really allowed yesterday. But I put this out on Twitter. And because it came to me, and I say this all the time. Someone's like, man, I added this guy, but I forgot to start him. Or I added this guy and Yahoo reset my lineups and my benches weren't there. Or man, I started Bradley Beal and he got injured two minutes into the game. And therefore I couldn't, um, yeah, I had someone else I could have put in that spot, blah, 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 whatever it is. Oh man, I had this guy locked into my lineup and then he was late scratched after lineups had locked for the day. We are so accustomed to everything that has happened in fantasy in the past to being the real thing or the right thing or the way that everything should work that we don't really ever seem to think that maybe it should be different. Now, there's a lot of holes in this argument and that can be argued very easily. I like a game's limit to sort of keep things even between two teams. But the, one of the downsides of a game limit is that one of those situations if someone comes in and plays two minutes and is ruled out or... like. We, I would think we want more competitiveness and more evenness in fantasy. So like if someone added Duncan Robinson today and forgot to start him, I think we should have some sort of mechanism where we can just be like, okay, the games are done. Like, let's, was there a guy on our bench we would have rather started and put them in? Like, is the determination of fantasy skill making sure that you've put the guy into the starting lineup or that the guy that you started was better than the guy come off the bench when there's a lot of in-game randomness versus like, did you make the right call to add someone or the right call to draft the right people? So I think having a little bit of retroactive ability to move guys in and out of lineups, still with the limits on what you do for the rest of the week. I don't know. I just think there's something in that because again, I, it, I don't want that situation where a guy gets ruled out. You had someone healthy on your bench that could have played and you could have slid them in there. Those day-to-day, who's, who am I going to sit? Who am I going to start? I'm not sure that's the 100% determination of your skill as a fantasy GM. I don't know. I'll put it out there. I know a lot of you will disagree. That's okay. It's just sort of a loose thought that I had today. I put it out on Twitter. Some people, way more people than I thought agreed with it. A lot of people didn't. But just having that ability to, like, at the end of the day, like, hey, someone on my bench actually played better. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put him in there. Oh, I wish this guy started. I could have put him in. Give you a better, I think, overall contest. Rather than like, hey, I got lucky. My opponent forgot to set his lineup today. I don't know. I don't know. Chew on that for a bit. Chew on that. What do you think? Maybe I didn't explain it very well either. Let's look at some waiver wire trends over the last 24 hours. Who has been the most added player? Number one is Trey Mann, up 32%. I fully find that is fully fine to add. Simone Fontecchio, up 30%. A little bit of chasing there, but I get it. The opportunity is there. There's still injuries in Detroit. I'm not sure how he's going to last when things um, change after the break. We'll also find out exactly what sort of lineups they're running in today's game because that I haven't checked the box score of that game yet while I'm recording this part, so we'll see. But he did start over Mike Muscala. Um, Grant Williams up 15%. I'm totally okay with that as an ad. Caleb Barton up 15% with the Heat's injuries. Yep, Ayodesumu up 13 and Kelly Link up 13. All of those, really, really solid ads, I think. Don't really quibble with any of them. The most drop players, I think I'm pretty much on board with all of this as well. Got Santi Aldama. Get that garbage out of here! 
Minutes are in flux. Production is bad. Cool. Corey Kispert down 9%. All right. Gary Trent down 8. See you later. Shaden Sharp down 5. Absolutely. Contavious Caldwell-Pope down 4. And Mark Williams down 4. Can't quibble with any of those decisions. I think they all make an absolute ton of sense where we're sitting at the moment for fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by the Hungry Rooters over at Hungry Root. Hungry Root sends you a box of food. That's what they do. They get you fresh veggies, fruits, groceries, pantry staples, meats. You answer quizzes on their site to determine your tastes and your likes. They match recipes to it, and they tell you what they're going to send. You can look at all that and go, yeah, nah, how about we just do something completely different? And that's cool as well. It saves you time. Instead of having to go back and forward to the grocery store um, and meal planning, it's done for you. It saves you money. It saves uh, food waste as well. So you don't want to be there. Look, Hungry Root can help save up to 30% on food waste each week. It recommends recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes. And each order is fully customizable. You take their suggestions or you just choose whatever you want. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good. It's got to be quick to make and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA channel viewers and listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That is HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use our link so that they know that we, we sent you. Okay, so that is that is the games that are done. Let's well, that's not the games done. It's time for us to get into the games. That's the the preamble of the show. First game, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pretty good win for those guys. Um, uh, over the Magic, one twenty seven, one thirteen. Sad Magic noises. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Don't want to be making that sad noise on Valentine's Day. Chet Holmgren, who was on the buy low sell high today, said he was a bit of a sell high. Well, that's still wide open. Thirteen and nine steal, five blocks, fifty percent shooting. 13th over the last two weeks. Yeah, big sell. Top 15 guy I try to get. The Bronco. We're back into a, a run of huge shooting. This guy's um, shooting stuff has been awesome, obviously, but there's been so much fluctuation. I reckon a week ago I said, hey, over the last two weeks, he's 117th ranked player. Over the last two weeks now, today, 17th. What the hell? 33-2-3 on 67%. Not much in the peripherals, but still awesome. And Shea had 32-3-5 with two steals and a block on massive volume. 56 from the field on 24 attempts. And 90 from the line. Old mate Lou Dort, you'd be shocked to know he didn't uh, live up to his end of the bargain. 8, 4, and 4 with two steals. It's all right. Still stramble. Well, Josh Giddy, we are jacking, obviously. Get that garbage out of here. But in saying that, this was his best game. 10, 5, and 5 in 27 minutes. But the next time they play, Gordon Haywood will be available. And Bismarck Biombo will be available. And Josh Giddy will be free, available on the waiver wire of 12-team leagues. I hope. For the Orlando Magic, Paolo Bunkero, 23, 6, and 10. Good numbers across the board. Love that. Franz Wagner, not quite as good. 15 on 16 shots is rough, but seven rebounds. He's okay. And then we got some interesting performances because Wendell Carter had been struggling, but he ended up with 22 and 6 in 31 minutes. I'm not... You're not going to fool me, Wendell. Like, I, I know you can be good. I know you can be better than this, but there's been too much inconsistency that I'm going to go out and say, You've, you're a must-roster player. I don't think that. Michael Fultz played 18 minutes, 4, 7, and 4. And on the surface, that's terrible. Clearly, clearly not very good, right? 18 minutes, not very good. But is there an argument to make that he played 18 minutes so they could maybe play him in the back-to-back? Well... Jamal Mosley refused to say at the end of the game. He just said, oh, we'll see how he pulls up. So maybe not. I still don't think we need to hold on to Fultz. As for Suggsy, 17-7-4 with four threes. Great game from Jalen. Love what he's doing there. He's been obviously a little bit up and down. And I don't think at a 12-team points, you need to have Jalen Suggs. He's 146th for the season. Categories I probably still will, though. 
Johnny Isaac, uh, 15 minutes, three points and two steals, shot 17%. Probably doesn't play tomorrow. I need 20 minutes a night consistently, at least, to be a 12-team league guy. He's not bringing it, so see you later. Cole Anthony had five and four in his 12 minutes. They just are so well out on him. It's pretty wild. And Gaz Harris had two steals. No, he didn't. He had two threes and two blocks with his six points. That is that game done. There's not a huge fantasy takeaway out of that, but we're here. We, or as the kids would say, we move. The Boston Celtics in Brooklyn against the Nets. Tomorrow, it's the Nets in Boston against the Celtics. So any changes to the lineup here? Well, Josh, yes, there was. Al Horford started with Christos Porzingis out. Yesterday, I made the mistake in the daily preview show of saying, just going and saying, oh, yeah, Porzingis is out. Um, this is what's going to happen with the Celtics. And someone's like, Josh, like, what are you talking about? Porzingis is listed questionable. I went, no, you're right, he is. There's no way he's playing, but why are they listing him questionable? It was just a whole, like, this was, uh, it was so obvious that I just assumed that it had already happened, that Porzingis wasn't playing. I said, he's not playing, even though he's ruled questionable. Why do this? What's the point? What are we, what are we trying to get out of this? Like, I, I don't really get it. Oh, you fooled me. Like, that was as obvious as obvious gets, I think. But, you know, stuff. Um, 118-110 for Boston. Tatum was great. 41, 15, and 5 with two steals and a block. I think he had 31 points in the first half. Drew had 14 with 12 assists. And Horford, 37 minutes. Now, he won't play tomorrow. We know this. 16, 6, and 4 with two threes and 100% shooting. On the games where he plays, amazing. The problem is, is there's a lot of low-minute games and a lot of games off that make him a little bit of a hard guy to hold on to in your standard category format. Jalen Brown, well, he was on the buy low. No buy low bump here. 19, 1, and 4. 37 from the field is yuck. 67 from the line is yuck. He's 133rd now over the last two weeks. He's outside the top 70 over the course of the year. It's been a big step back from all-star legend Jalen Brown. Well, Derek White had 16, 2, and 3. Pretty strong game from him. Not a lot else going on there, but for Brooklyn, there was. There's some more interesting things here. Um, We saw Dayron Sharp return, so we had the Claxton Sharp minutes as well as Ben Simmons. So what happened? Claxo played 28. He had 10 and 8 with two blocks. A little worrying. Dayron only got the nine minutes with six and four, and Simmons played the most that he's played, 24. So they do try to limit the minutes that, that Simmons is on there with Sharp and with Claxton, and that did hurt Claxo here quite a bit. As for Simmons, five, six, and eight on 20% shooting. Yuck. And 50 from the line. These are the these are the Simmons things. He he's gonna be out tomorrow. He doesn't know when his minutes limit will end. But he suits somebody on your in your fantasy league. I don't know if it's you, so it doesn't mean you have to grab him, but he suits somebody. Dennis Schroeder, after his first game, was great. He had nine points with five rebounds on 30%. He had six points, I think, in his first two minutes, and then just did nothing. Now, the minutes are really encouraging, but I still maintain that what happens when Cam Johnson plays? What happens when Simmons is playing more than 24 minutes? Are you really prioritizing Dennis Schroeder, a bench point guard, to play 30 minutes a night? I would suggest the answer is absolutely not. And if Dennis Schroeder does not play 30 minutes, I don't want him on a 12-team league. Hold him for tomorrow. Cam Thomas started slowly, but ended up really good. 26, 2, and 4, 2 steals, 4 threes, 50% shooting. He's playing much better. There's still a lot of the, the regular volatility there, and he's still not inside the top 100 for the season. He's not even inside the top 130 for the season, but it's a nice little hot streak. He continues to play well, and he has improved. And Mikhail Bridges had 27, 3, 2, and 3. My man, Jalen Wilson, really nice deeper league pickup. 9 points, 3 threes, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Now, apparently, Cam Johnson will return tomorrow. So there'll be Simmons out and Johnson in. So that doesn't really give us a good indication of Jalen Wilson or Schroeder or any of those sort of things. But it will be interesting to see if Wilson does cop any hit here. Uh, Benny Smith had three in 19 minutes. He was rough. Dennis Smith played only 15 minutes. He played a ton last game. We're obviously not rostering Smith in 12s. And 
What was the other one that I wanted? Oh, yeah, Lonnie Walker played pretty well. 17 minutes, 15 points. Now, tomorrow, I think there is a risk that Sharp, Finney-Smith, and Walker all sit. They're all coming back off injuries. So there is a chance that they just um, are not available to play. That's that's possible for tomorrow. But we already know that Simmons is out, and the Nets reported that uh, or Nets, a Nets reporter said that Cam Johnson would return. The next game, the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, what a game this is. The Heat made some pretty wild changes. Terry Rozier was out. We know that. Duncan Robinson started, and Nikola Jovic started. So Rozier was out, but they benched Jaime Huckers. With no Jimmy Butler, they said, nope, Huckers, you're coming off the bench. Now, is that because Huckers has been playing poorly? I think that's a part of it. But also, they just had no one as a ball handler. So he had to run, basically, as a second-unit ball handler, and it worked. Well, I won't say that it worked because of Huckers, but the whole idea worked because they won. They smashed the Bucks, 123-97. And the guy that we're looking at here is Dunkey Robinson. He was able to play through his arm injury. He had 23, 3 and 5, 6 dribbles, 2 steals, a block. Improved assist all season, but he was great. He, he I think, is a must roster player now. I know that the Heat have two more games. They play tomorrow, and they play again next Friday. And they don't, have, they don't play the next weekend. But I think the gap, or, or the games that they're playing, it does obscure, or gets obscured a little bit because of the All-Star break. So they play Wednesday with 13 games on. They don't play Thursday. No one really does. They don't play Thursday out of the break, but they play the second game after the break. And then the only real problem is that they don't play on the weekend. But with Rogier and Richardson out for a while, I don't know how long Butler's going to be out. I don't mind adding Duncan Robinson. I would probably start him tomorrow with 13 games on. And then probably start him the following Friday. I don't mind adding him. I think I'd prefer him over Huckers and Martin. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure when those injuries happened, he was the guy that I was interested in, albeit dealing with the shoulder problem. Caleb played a lot of minutes. He didn't... No, actually, he didn't. He played 25 minutes. He had two points. He was yuck. And Huckers played 28 minutes. Again, not very much. 12, 3, and 4 on 42%. The thing that's... It, it does my head in, actually, because you know that I was not very high on Huckers, didn't like the draft pick, didn't like him early in the season, thought there's a lot of flukiness here. The whole world, I felt, had lost their mind. Well, yeah, you pick him number three in a redraft. He's the third best rookie. He's got an argument for rookie of the year. His team's winning. No one's... And I was like, what am I... What, what's happening? That's what I felt, right? And now, no one has said a single word about this bloke for two months because he's basically, he's still fine as a role player, which is exactly how I thought he was. But he's just sort of settling into that role. Now, I do think there is room for improvement here. But one of the big criticisms I had of Huckers coming out of college was, hey, he can't shoot. The shooting's not there. And he's not shooting here at all either. 42%, 12-3-4, These are bad lines. Now, I don't mind a hold of him just because there are so many guys out. And we did see that little flash early in the season. But I, I don't know if it's... um, I don't know how indicative it is, but it is worth noting when players start to put up these big fantasy lines, looking at some of their advanced stats, and if they tell you that they're all real negative players, which um, is currently happening at the moment to Precious Achua, and did happen to Huckers early in the season, that maybe some of that stuff starts to normalize some of the other production. I don't know. That's, I, I'd have to do big big research on that, and it's definitely not happening now, but it is something that is worth noting, that if your advanced stuff is really negative and you're putting up an interesting little bump in fantasy, is that a fairly strong indicator that it's all going to fall off? I'm not sure. Tyler Hero was like, whatever. He was. He's still not playing well. Still extra room to grow here. 19-3 and 5. Well, Adebayo had a nice triple-double. 16-12 and 11 with two steals. Let's talk about your Milwaukee Bucks. Yanni had 23-11 and 8 with two blocks. The Dr. Rivers effect in full swing here. Giannis, no free throws at all. 
Wow. 61 from the field. Leaky Beasley, 16 and 3 with three steals and four threes. Hold because he plays on Thursday. Same with Bob Portis, who had 16, 4 and 2. I'm going to say it is a buy low on Damian Lillard, but something's happened. Like, he was running, and when I had this argument with people, whatever it was, two months ago, six weeks ago, he was like the 14th ranked player. That was not a lie. That was uh, that was what he was. But since then, he's been way worse. Like, way worse. And it hasn't recovered. There are, you know, personal life whispers and rumors about this with Lillard. It's no secret that he went through a divorce, but other stuff as well. Is that weighing on him? Because he just is not right at all. The shot, he is he, or, or is he washed? I don't think he's washed. But the three-point percentage, the two-point percentage is just way off anything he's ever been. Usage is down. He just looks bad. Speaking of looking bad, Jay Crowder had two points in 18 minutes. So he's filled in for Chris Middleton the last two games and did nothing. Remember when uh, Glenn Rivers was playing in 40 a night? Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then we had um, Brook Lopez also struggled, 7-3 and three with a block. Another one of those wild ones where he started off the season horribly, went through a huge top 15 run, and now he's back outside the top 50, and he's sort of in a bit of struggle zone at the moment, not doing a huge amount. The Bucks, thanks, Doc, are, are not playing well. They played well yesterday, good win. But you know what they say, an apple a day. Today's episode, if I can find the correct button... That's what she said. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That is what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed or power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to US customers. Right, let's, let's do the next game. The Minnesota Timberwolves traveled to Portland, take on the Portland Trailblazers. Two changes for the Blazers. Tumani Kamara replaced Jabari Walker. They're sort of rotating those two guys back and forward. And Anthony Simons returned from his injury and replaced Ashton Hagens. They still will not start Scoot Henderson, which is troubling. No Brogdon and no Sharp. Yet still, we're going with Thibel and Kamara instead of Scoot. It's annoying. It's annoying. Sure, Chauncey's got his ideas. He's a, he's a great coach, of course. But it's what are you doing? Surely you want to see if Scoot and Simons can start together. Surely you want to see a little bit of that, yeah? You would hope. Oh, I don't know. What do I know? What do I know? Only common sense. Maybe it's not that common. 121, Minnesota. 109, Portland is the final score here. Um, you can look at Carl Anthony Towns' line. Only 19 minutes. and go, okay. What's going on? Did he get hurt? No. Was he playing terribly? I wouldn't say he was playing terribly. He wasn't shooting well. But they went small. He had some early fouls. They just didn't need him. 13 and 5, 100% from the line at eight attempts and 29 from the field. What is probably the only interesting thing, honestly, in this, or two interesting things. Nikhil Alexander-Walker from the Minnesota side. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 26 minutes, 18 points, 5 threes. That's two really good games in a row. Now, he did benefit from those limited minutes there for Towns. And I guess you could stream him in for the Thursday and then for Saturday next week. But we know he's not quite this good, but he's playing better. 
Edwards had 41, 4 and 2 with two steals and a block. That's a huge game. While Gobert had 16 and 15. But you know who sucked? Again, Jaden McDaniels. Now, I'm going to do this just because I want to do it. Get that garbage out of here. But don't drop him just yet because they play again Thursday. Zero points, 0 of 7 shooting, two rebounds and a block. He continues. So if anyone next season ever tells you, nah, I'm just waiting for the Jaden breakout, tell them they're lying. Had that two years in a row. He's had a horrible fantasy profile the whole way through. And I think he's getting worse. His production's getting worse. Still a really good real-life defender. His production is worse. Nas Reed also. I've been very clear on jacking him off for weeks. And I think you can do it. Again, just hold for this week. This is the week that the Timberwolves fringe players have that increased value. 10-3 and three for Reed with two blocks for the Blazers. Scooter played 34 off the bench. Again, the minutes are fine. I just like to see him starting next to Simons. 14, 1 and 9, 44%. I do believe Scoot should be on a roster. He's 78th over the last two weeks. That's categories. Should be rostered. Ayton. After I roasted him and everyone else roasted him, he's been ridiculously good. 22 and 16, 92%. Top 20 over the last two weeks. He's 55th for the season. I do think he won't last the whole year, but I wouldn't be like dumping him or anything like that. Really good game. And Jeremy Grant was on the Sell High show today. He had 12 points on 29%. Yeah, he did. Two threes, four assists. There was a lot of stuff there that was not going to continue, and it did not continue. But I'm pretty happy that we got 19 Matisse Thibault minutes. He had zero points on 0-5 shooting with one steal. That was necessary. Jabari Walker, who was getting 30 minutes, is down to 17 now. Four and seven. We're dropping him. Um, and what was the other one that I need to look at there? Oh, yeah. Tamani Kamara had 14 points with two threes. Now, again, I, no one pays as much attention to the NBA as I do. That's not saying that I'm better than everyone else, but I'll, I won't find anyone who does it more than me. I won't say anyone can't do it as much as me. I don't know what I'm going on about here. But I don't expect everybody who watches this show or plays fantasy to watch the NBA as much as me. But So you're going to have these questions. Oh, man, they, they're starting Kamara. Do we go and add him? That, he has started plenty of times this season. It's happened a lot, and I don't expect everyone to remember that. But you can go back and look at his past starts, and you would look at that and go... Yeah, nah, not interested. Not going to do it. Not adding him. No point. And the same thing holds here. As for Simons, he was pretty good. Rough shooting, but 20 and 5 assists, 4 threes, steal. Not a bad game overall. Ashton Hagens went from starting to out of the rotation. And Delano Banton, that's one we got to watch. Delano there, 16, 5 and 3, 26 minutes. While Brogdon's out, deeper leagues, you can look at the six foot nine Canadian point guard Celtics Raptors legend. He's not a very good player. But there might be an opportunity. He might be an actual like mid-late March fantasy league winner. I mean, he won't be, but he could be someone who is a person of interest. All right, let's go on to the next one. The Suns get the win 130 over the Kings 125. Sabonis and Fox, awesome. Sabonis, 35, 18, and 12. One steal, three blocks. Big field goals, big free throws. One of the best lines of the season. Obviously, Wemby's one yesterday was pretty good. This is pretty good as well. And Darren Fox, who had been struggling. The big fella played 40 minutes. He had 40 and 9. Six assists, three steals, five triples. Still annoyingly bad from the line. Seven of 10 and 45 overall. And Malik Monk. That little period where um, Mike Brown's like, nah, Malik, you're playing 17 minutes. Mike, what are you doing? I don't know. This team is obviously... Not as good as what they may have been expected to be. But Monk was great. 22-4-6, steal on a block, 12-10 league player. The rest of this nonsense, fan of pants, 10 points, 24 minutes, steal block. Don't need to roster him. Keegan Murray, you still probably do need to roster him. But again, just remember back to how people reacted when he hit those 12 threes or whatever. 
Man, what a star. Future legend. Yeah, okay. Six and five, 34 minutes. He's 136 over the last two weeks. The inconsistency is crazy. He's obviously a much... Uh, this is an interesting question. Is All right, ready? Now, obviously, I have a bias here and the timing is biased. But I want to see what people's reaction is. I had Jaden Ivey ahead of Keegan Murray in the draft. And obviously, people thought that was really stupid. Uh, and I was viscerally reactive against the Kings. What are you guys doing? This guy is older. I don't think he's anywhere near as dynamic. I don't like it. I don't get it. I hate the pick. The end of the season, even though Keegan had the better year, I did a redraft and I said I'd still take Ivy ahead of him. I still really like his potential. Start of this year, Ivy was a non-factor. What would you do now? Would you take Keegan Murray ahead of Jaden Ivy still? I'm going to think the majority of you would still say yes. But I would gather that the, um, the ratio of answers is a lot closer now. Keegan just cannot sort of break out of this inconsistency issue. Six and five is not good enough. At least they played a lot of minutes to the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Nine and five with zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Yeah, we're not rostering him. And Davion Mitchell continues to be bad. He had a good game last time out, but three points in 17 minutes. Just a lot of trash there. For Phoenix, the bad news is Brattles Beal pinged a hammy early. Obviously, that is it for him for the rest of this week. Um, he will not be uh, playing at the All-Star game, and you would hope they give him two to three weeks off after that early hamstring issue this season. He was just starting to get going as well. Five points in five minutes. Annoying. What this does mean is that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to have to do a lot more. Booker had 25-3-9 with three steals. Durant had 28-11-4. They're going to have big numbers stepping up while he's out. And if anyone dropped Grayson Allen, please go and grab him. 19-4-4 in 39 minutes. The other one you're going to grab or consider grabbing is Eric Gordon, who had 23 points in 27 minutes. Royce O'Neal, they said um, at the pregame, yeah, we're just working in. Probably give him 15 minutes today. He played 30. He had um, 9-4-5 with four steals and a block. Now, I know why he played 30. It's because Beal was out. I don't think that Royce O'Neal is a must-grab 12-team league player. I could see why you would, because Beal is out and he played 30 minutes. He's more of a 14-team league guy. He's not someone that I would prioritize here. We've got 10 minutes out of Nasir Littleface, and we've got 19 minutes for Josh Okogie for seven points, but it's going to have to be O'Neal that steps up. Remember, they also did sign um, Thad Young. Also, shout-out to David Roddy, who didn't get minutes even though Bol, Eubanks, Little, Okogie, O'Neal, and Gordon all played. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know you know why. Um, yeah, but they did sign Thad Young, so we'll see whether he gets minutes. Probably doesn't really do much to replace the Brad Beal minutes. Just watch the Royce O'Neal one here. Maybe he's like that 14-team stream guy. Probably where I would draw the line, I think, with him. Let's do the last game of the night. The Detroit Pistons, your Detroit Pistons, go to take on the LA Lakers over there in Los Angeles. Was there a change to the lineup? Yep, I think we sort of predicted this one. They did move Simone Fontecchio into the starting lineup. Replacing the Moose, Mike Muscala. Cool. And we've talked about having like, okay, Simone, interesting, maybe, but really lack of faith moving forward as to what they do and his production, blah, 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 blah. So he moved in the starting lineup. Let's go and have a look at how all of that played out. Well, cool. The Lakers win at 125-111. Fontecchio started. He played 26 minutes and had eight points. Cool. Four rebounds, two assists. No, two threes, zero steals, zero blocks. The Tiger does not change his stripes and they will still be getting other players back. I do not think that Fontecchio is a 12-team league player. Sure, it's, it's all okay to take flyers and guys, you know, much like you could, could have taken a flyer on Sasser. But as always, in this period of the season, when there are millions of guys out 
interesting guys pop up, and it's all about, huh, let's play the 240 on them. How does it fit? Where does it make sense? And are they good? And the answer for those two guys is not really. For Sasser, he had three points in 18 minutes on 10% shooting. Sick. And I don't know, I know this is a common thread, I don't know what Monty Williams is doing. He played a gigantic rotation. Nobody played over 30 minutes. We had Asar Thompson played 29 minutes, which is amazing. He had 19 points on 69% giggity, but no assists. Like, I think we probably do want to roster him. I'm still pretty skeptical, though. And then out of nowhere, James Wiseman from the top rope. 18 and 9 for Blunty in 23 minutes. Is he good? No. He's still not good. And we're not adding him. We also got 25 minutes of the diseased scrotum. Ivan Fournier. I haven't spoken about this guy in a long time. He had 13 points, two steals, and two threes with four rebounds. And this is a problem when you have a dysfunctional front office who's incredibly reactive, a coach who does not want to be there in the slightest, who stole money from the organization. Actually, no, he didn't. They said, please, can you take our money? He went, I guess so. Actually, I better not. I better not. Please take it. All right, I will. Don't expect me to try. He don't have to try, Monty. Just take the money. All we want is PR. That's it. So I get it that Williams is there. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about any of this stuff. And he also is like, coaches have always got this weird situation because of the disconnect between the front office. It's like, I must play the guy who's the veteran. I've got to win at all costs. And I know they don't want to be the worst team of all time. Spoiler, they are still. And playing the veterans didn't get you to win. But what is the point of this? Troy Weaver cut and waved a million different guys through the offseason. Honestly, that make me sick. What I am happy with is that Jaden Ivey still played Okay, 15-2-5 with two steals, a block on 31%. We're rostering him. Duran only played 23 minutes because, of course, he did. 8-8. Eight eight. Cade played only 25 minutes. He had 12-7-7 seven seven on a horrible shooting night. Like, not a good game from Cade at all. He's dropped off a little bit here. Um, I hope he's able to play in the back-to-back tomorrow, but I don't know. 19 useless minutes of Shake Milton. 17 equally useless minutes of Troy Brown Jr. Like, what Like what are we doing? I would still hold Asar. Have some skepticism about when Grimes and um, Stewart come back. Obviously, Ivy, Duran, Cunningham, Fontecchio. Matt, if you want, don't have to. Don't have to. The upside for him is not particularly high. <sighs> for the Lakers, Spencer Dinwiddie played 31 minutes in his first game. That seems like a lot, because it is. He had 15... Uh, no, he didn't, sorry. He had six points with seven assists and two steals. Didn't shoot well. That's basically the Dinwiddie experience. But that is a lot of minutes, man. Now, it does help that there was no Reddish, there was no Vanderbilt, there's no Vincent, there's no Christie. So it could be, it's, it might be one of these things where you go, look at Dinwiddie, first game, 31 minutes. Maybe Vanderbilt, Reddish, Vincent, Christie don't play a lot. Maybe Vanderbilt doesn't play at all. Maybe Vincent doesn't play at all. But I just don't think we're getting 31 a night out of Spencer. And it was against the Pistons. D'Angelo Russell had 21 points on 44%. Yes, because he's not Steph Curry. He's 91st over the last two weeks after that ridiculously hot run. He is falling off. While Austin Reeves had 15, 7, and 6. AD and LeBron didn't really need to play much. 31 for AD. Sorry, 31 minutes for LeBron, 28 for AD. Good game. Six blocks for Davis, 25, 1, and 8 for LeBron. Just good games all around here. While Jackson Hayes had seven rebounds and Christian Wood had a revenge game. 11 and 4 for him. But again, like... What am I taking out of this? Oh, I can take out of it that Rui Hachimura is not a good fantasy player. He had 15 points in 30 minutes, but just doesn't do enough in any of those other areas. And I'm not considering Spencer Dinwiddie a 12-team league guy, even though those minutes are encouraging. When you get out of the break, I think Reddish and Christie will be available, and we'll just see. And I just don't think that most opponents are going to be that useless that you're not, you're able to play Spencer Dinwiddie 31 minutes. He'll be useful for him. Not, not to that level, but Detroit. Seriously. What are you doing? What are you doing? In fact... The Detroit Pistons. 
Get that garbage out of here. I agree, Jack. And they are the games from Tuesday, all six of them across the NBA. Let's go and have a look at the stream of the day. And I, I don't want to because it wasn't good at all. The 10-team streamer started off pretty well. Al Horford, 16-6-4, steal. No blocks, love it. And then it's disaster time. 12-team stream was Simone Fontecchio, 8-4-4, Al. 14-team stream, Jay Crowder, just a casual 2-1-1. You go, well, that can't get worse from here, Josh. Can it? The 16-team, you're just taking a flyer on someone. You're hoping that something good pays off, and you don't need much in a 16-team league. Well, lucky, because I didn't get much. John Isaac had 3-1-1 with two steals. And the points league guys were Fontecchio, 18.8 for Yahoo and 20 for ESPN. Just copping owls all over the place. All over the place. That will bring us to talk about the monstrous line of the night. I think you know who it's going to be. I've already talked about who it's going to be. Um, and it is him, of course. It's him. It's DeMontis Sabonis, 35 points, 18 rebounds, 12 assists, blocks, field goal percentage, free throw percentage. Continues to inch his way towards the top 10. He's already well established there in points leagues. A huge game. The waiver wire line of the night. Again, I think this one's pretty obvious. The big fella's head is on the thumbnail of this video, and that is Dunkey Robinson, 23 points. His assist rate has spiked this season. He's going to need to do it while these guys are out. Five assists and two steals here. Your young gun of the night, we're going to go with Chesterfield Holmgren again. He was on the uh, Sal High show today. That window is open. 13 points, nine rebounds, and five blockskis. And your dart of the night. It's got to be someone that's highly rostered, someone that's over 70% rostered to accumulate this award. So we are going to go in this direction, and we're going to go to Brooklyn to Dennis Schroeder, who had nine points, five rebounds, and three assists on 30% shooting. I guess you can hold him. I am 100% not convinced that you need to or that he is a must-roster player. I don't think that he is a must-roster player. But we'll find out. Let's, um, let's go and have a look at the top six players in all those categories across the NBA that we like to look at. The top six uh, category league guys, as I can find my little, uh, I was going to say, find my little thing, giggity. Find my button that I need to, well, that's even just as bad. Happy Valentine's Day. The nine category league top six players, Sabonis, followed by Jason Tatum, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Duncan Robinson, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Robinson's there. I'm okay with adding him. Jovic, I don't know about that one, but like he was really good today. And those guys are all out, so I, I maybe, probably more of a 14 to 16 team league guy though. Kevin Love was pretty good, didn't really speak about him, he played a lot of minutes, more in deeper leagues. Alexander Walker, you love the two quality games coming up, so maybe, but probably more skewing 14. Eric Gordon, with the injury to Beal, yep. And then Leaky Beasley with another quality game on Thursday, yes, he can be streamed in for that one. And your top six players in points leagues, we're going to DeMontis Sabonis, Jason Tatum, Darren Fox, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, and Shea Gilgis, Alexander. So what are some takeaways here? Well, I think Duncan Robinson's pretty clear as a guy we're looking to add. I think Eric Gordon is fine to add as well. Deeper leagues, we go to Royce O'Neal with a Beal injury. Jovic is there because of the injuries. I'm not really convinced, but he was pretty good today. I'm more than happy to drop Josh Giddy, and I'm more than happy to drop Jaden McDaniels as a long-term thing. Again, hold McDaniels for the quality games coming up, but long-term, I'm not really there with him as, as a long-term guy. And the Pistons, yeah, we can drop that entire nonsense organization and hope that we get some common sense at some point coming from somewhere. Not really sure where it's coming from. Because even old mate Troy Weaver's press conferences after the trade deadline was just him basically saying, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but let's maybe try and do something and fix it. Yeah, there's some really bad. They're really bad. 
Anyway, don't forget, hit your bell, hit your subscribe, hit all that on the way out of here. Leave your comments down below. And we're done here. Two more days until the trade deadline. I'm actually looking forward to a big break. Even though there's still going to be some videos there, so I'm excited for that part of it as well, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.